1831. It's a time when child marriage was a norm. It's a time when the girl child was denied access to schooling. <laughs> Why? Because she was a girl. It's a time when the caste system was deeply entrenched in society. The upper caste exploited the lower caste. In such a socio-cultural milieu, a baby girl, Savitri, is born to Khandoji Patil and Lakshmi Bai, who belong to the Mali community. Soon at the age of nine, Savitri was married off to Jyotiba, who was also only 12 years of age at that time. He also belonged to the Mali community. Because education was a privilege of the upper caste, Jyotiba had to drop out of school. But it was British India then, and so a Persian scholar, Gafar Beg Munshi, and Lidzit Sahab, a British official, helped Jyotiba to enroll in a Scottish missionary school so he could complete his studies till the seventh standard. Whatever he learnt, he came and shared it with Savitri. Savitri, therefore, could now read, write and study. In the year 1848, when Savitri was only 17 years of age and Jyotiba 21, they opened the first school for girls in India ever at Pune, Maharwadi and Bhidewadi with the help of Sagunabai, who was Jyotiba's mentor. This school had a curriculum which comprised of physics, chemistry, maths, science, arts, literature and other allied disciplines. Whereas the government schools, which was for boys and the upper caste, had the curriculum that focused on Brahmanical texts like the Upanishads and the Vedas. The method of teaching used by Savitri Bai and Jyotiba was also different and interesting. Now the number of schools increased to 3 and the enrollment also increased to 150. <laughs> but it was not all easy. When Savitri Bai used to leave her house to reach the schools in order to teach the girls, she faced a lot of criticism. The Brahmins, the patriarchs and the males particularly heralded verbal abuses on her. They literally picked up muck from the gutter and threw it on her. They even threw cow dung on her. <laughs> but with her grit and determination, she continued teaching the girls. She would carry a sari with her and on reaching the schools, she would change and continue her work. Pressure mounted on Jyotiba's father. Therefore, Jyotiba's father instructed the couple to leave the house. The couple packed their belongings and went ahead to stay with Usman Sheikh. Usman Sheikh was a friend of Jyotiba. Within a year, in the year 1849, Savitri Bai started a school for girls in, in Usman Sheikh's house. Now, there she met Fatima Sheikh, who was Usman Sheikh's sister. Both of them together completed the teacher training 
program and now were certified teachers. They opened up schools and two establishments were formed, which was one, the Native School for Females in Pune, and second, the Society for the Education of Mahars and Mangs and their development. Under these two banners, more schools were opened up. In the year 1855, where Savitri Bai and Fatima Sheikh were teaching in their schools respectively, they now became headmistresses. <laughs> Savitri Bai was a writer, she was an author and she was a poetess too. She wrote and published Kavya Phule in the year 1854 and Bhavan Kashi Ratnakar in the year 1892, which is a book. In her poems on go-get education, she urges the oppressed class to break from the shackles of oppression. She believes that education is a strong tool of empowerment and we all must be educated. In the year 1852, Savitribai formed the Mahila Seva Mandal in order to raise the awareness amongst women for their rights, for their privileges. And therefore, she called a meeting of all the women in the community. They all came and sat on the same floor mat, which earlier was not the case because they were segregated on the basis of caste. Now she took a bold step and she also discussed women's rights, child marriage and other issues that often disturbed her. Because child marriage was a norm, so was young widowhood a very common feature of the society. In the sense, if a girl got married to a man who was 20 and 30 and even 40 years older to her, which was considered as normal, after the man died, this girl was still a young widow, 14, 15 and 16 years of age, say. The kind of exploitation, the sexual abuse and the unruly customary practices were terrible for this young widow to face. Many a times, this young widow was pregnant out of wedlock because of the sexual abuses that were heralded on her. So, Savitribai now opened Bal Hatya Pratibandak Gruha, where these young widows could leave their small babies at this shelter home. Later on, Savitribai adopted a baby boy from this very shelter home. Savitribai also fiercely campaigned against unruly customary practices. For example, when a woman became a widow, she was supposed to stay in isolation as she was considered as a bad spirit or a bad uh, evil or an evil spirit. And she would have to shave off her hair and live like that for the rest of her life. Savitribai fiercely campaigned against this customary practice. Simultaneously, she also campaigned for child rights and supported widow remarriage. Around the 1870s, organizations like the Arya Samaj and the Brahma Samaj and Pratishtan Samaj were established, mainly but to cater to the interests of the Brahmins only. However, the interests of the non-Brahmins non were largely left out. So, Jyotiba Phule 
established the Satya Shodhak Samaj in order to give the oppressed class a voice, a platform to air their concerns. Jyotiba died in the year 1890. Savitri Bai herself lit the funeral pyre in an era where society did not even allow women to go to the cremation ground. She took a revolutionary step further under the banner of Satya Shodhak Samaj, Savitri Bai advocated widow remarriage, she advocated marriages without dowry and she advocated marriages without a Brahmin priest and without Brahmin rituals. Her son Yashwant got married under this banner that is the Satya Shodhak Samaj and had an intercaste marriage. In 1893, Savitri Bai chaired a session at Sashwat addressing the Satya Shodhak Samaj members. This again was revolutionary because rarely did women occupy public space and a seat of power. It was 1897 when bubonic plague had hit Pune and other parts of Maharashtra. In order to help the patients, she set up a clinic in Hadapsar. While treating one of the patients, she herself contracted the disease in the same year and died on the 10th of March. From a humble, modest beginning to a life full of hardships to a life full of struggle, Savitri Bai is a role model and inspiration for many. However, she did not get much recognition as India's first woman teacher and a crusader against social evil when she was alive. Recently, in the year 2014, the Pune University has been renamed as Savitri Bai Phule Pune University in recognition of her contribution to society. Leaving a legacy is not easy. It's difficult, but it's worth it. It's worth every bit of it.